Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Welcome into this Monday edition of the Sports Mix, show sponsored in part by Brown Funeral Homes and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sunday family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. And uh, we got three shot again. We got Colin McLaughlin back today. Nick Verzellini, as always, Colin McLaughlin, that's what, five times in the last six shows? I'm actually always here. I didn't turn your mic on. I, I was just saying I'm actually always here, just sometimes I'm hiding underneath the desk. Or you're hiding back behind the glass that's right behind you. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of so scary I'm always if here. You're underneath the desk. <laughs> that is kind of scary. I don't know why I mean, that it was... is October. It it is October. We're not there yet, though. We got a, we got another week, two weeks, really, another ten plus days. I'd say yeah. I'm trying to do math. Sorry. It's okay. We all try to do math. It's all. <laughs> it's good. a Monday. It's a Monday. Huh? How was your guys this weekend? Oh, it was pretty good. Uh, I saw you yesterday. We I did see some, you yesterday. Uh, the Washington football team enjoyed some food, even though they lost. It was still a fun time. Nick Nick's over here got just, a win. Nick so just decided we'll he wasn't because he's a little nervous that Mike might get mad. <laughs> I wasn't nervous about that. Nick was just didn't want to. He wanted to watch the Ravens in peace. I guess. I mean, I just I just needed a day to to myself. That's all good. We all need those sometimes. All right. Well, let's recap some high school football. Uh, Martinsburg with the big uh, big win, sixty three sixteen over Spring Mills. Um, we were at that game. Obviously, here's Coach Sherman. With the one and only Colin McLaughlin after the game, because guess what? You got to speak with him this week. Any any thoughts on that, Colin? Did he say he's happy it, yeah. to see you or something? I mean, I, I talked to him before the game, and I'm like, hey, you don't have to look for me on the sideline this week. I'm here. He's like, good. I was confused. <laughs> All right. Well, here's Colin post game on the field with head coach of the Martinsburg Bulldogs, Britt Sherman. Talking to your team there. Started off slow, but picked it up and got another big win here at home. How's it feel? Feels really good. A lot of effort. Um, you know, second quarter, really, really poured it on. Um, just, you know, did did what they were supposed to do. Offense definitely clicking. Defense still let up a little bit of big plays, some special teams mistakes as well. How are you going to change that up so with next week's matchup, you can be on your A game and make sure to beat Jefferson? Well, we're going to evaluate the film and, you know, did a lot of good things, but those mistakes we need to correct. You know, we talked about kicking deep, kick deep, and then, you know, give up a big, you know, kickoff return for the touchdown, you know. And that wasn't a JV team. That was the guys that we're counting on. So we got to correct that stuff because we got to be able to do all that. All right. We got to be able to do kick it short, kick it deep, kick it all over the field and execute. Last home game of the year next week, senior night against the undefeated Jefferson Cougars. A lot of chirping back and forth going on. What do you want to say just getting into that game? Well, I mean, they have a really good team. I mean, they wouldn't be undefeated right now if they didn't. So, uh, you know, Coach Hunter and those guys do a good job. And, you know, we have all, res- all the respect for them in the world. And we're going we're gonna to come in and uh, meet on Sunday and, you know, see what we can do. All right. Thank you, Coach. Congrats on the win. Go celebrate. Back up to you guys in the press box all right there he was i think that was a little uh little slight at your question from monday a you, little. you heard that right yeah We're, we got to execute kicking it all over the field yeah i mean we saw the change there during the game i talked a bit about it at 
halftime with him in the interview as well because you saw uh, from last week with the game in Riverside, there were a lot of fans questioning all the onside kicks. And then up against uh, Spring Mills, I think it was the first three or four kickoffs were all deep and most of them for touchbacks. All right, well, let's hear the highlight of the game that happened in the beginning of the game after the first drive for Spring Mills. Uh, unfortunately, couldn't really do much, had to punt it away, and then this happened. Not have done much. Well, that pass was intended for Bernard, able to play unit is on, and it will be Hayden Pack, and he is a good one, averaging 40 yards a punt. He goes up to get the high snap, floats it out of there. The catch is going to be made by Hudson Clement inside the 15-yard line. Makes a couple of men miss, coming here to the near side, outside the numbers to the 30-yard line. Good blocking as he cuts back to the the 40-yard line. He's to the midfield stripe. Past the punter. Down the near side between the hash marks and the numbers. Running away from a defender to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone. That'll be a Martinsburg wow. Bulldog touchdown. No flags down. He made that catch back inside the 15. We're going to call it about an 87-yard punt return for score. And it seems like Hudson Clement can do everything on the field. Yeah, I was whether there. whether it's on offense, whether it's on defense, or as we saw Friday night, first you know didn't even have to have the offense come out on the field on special teams. Yeah, being down there on the sideline right before that play on that Martinsburg side, you could just kind of feel like something big was actually about to happen. There were a couple of the players that were like, "All right, let's get ready." I made sure even just to intentionally zoom my camera in and try to follow Hudson as much as possible because even as you uh, heard at the beginning of that call. Spring Mills punter, probably the best in the EPAC with the average, but if you don't have speed with your guys to get down there to be able to uh, quickly wrap up and not allow a big return, that's what's going to happen to you. Spring Mills kind of impressed me on Friday. In terms Honestly, of, I have to agree with you on that. I agree. But their Sorry first to half jump effort. in on you, but yeah, keep going. Yeah, I mean, their first half effort was pretty good, and, and they had kept it relatively close. They had some big plays throughout the game. Probably out of the EPAC teams, the best effort we've seen, except for Musselman going up early on. Um, so, you know, a, a good performance, I think, overall for Spring Mills, who's a young team getting better under freshman quarterback, too. Yeah, under Coach Josh Sims. Yeah, the freshman quarterback played well, too. I think there's some potential for Spring Mills down the line to be a pretty good program. I don't know about this year, but in terms of, uh, you know, the future is definitely bright there. And to go off that, that might help with uh, the fact for Martinsburg just getting a more of a tune-up in place for this coming game against Jefferson, who's also undefeated. Everybody's been saying it's going to be the EPAC game of the year, maybe even in the past couple years, because we've never really seen anybody give Martinsburg much of a fight lately within the uh, EPAC. So I know Jefferson's doing a lot of talk, a lot of people have been saying, but I hope that they can uh, prove it, and I hope it's a great game on Friday. I still think that Martinsburg might have the edge because it's Martinsburg. I mean, until somebody in the EPAC beats him, I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, definitely. And I want to play just this snippet of Coach Josh Sims at after halftime with you because I think it is a very good one. And we talked about it the other day. It's one of those things. Now, uh, still had some explosive plays. What do you tell your team there in the locker room? Yeah, you know, it's one of those things. You know, obviously you're playing at Martinsburg, and you can't make the little mistake. And we talked about it the other day. Um, and we keep making the mistake, whether it's going off sides. Or if it's not a series versus team with, with false starts or misalignments, those are things we got to shape up. But, you know, at the same time, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you can go in there, you can put your head down, you can come back out here, and you can learn something about yourself um, and, and use this second half to get better as a football team. 
When you scored it, was typically with the big plays. Were you going to see any more of those or any tricks up your sleeve? I'm not going to say that all right, but yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously we'd like to see some big plays, but like I said, you know, we're, we're not going to come out here in desperation mode and, and, and start to not be ourselves. Um, you know, uh, once again, uh, when, you, when you get yourself in a situation in a game like this, um, you want to use a half like this to, to get better at what you do um, and, uh, you know, uh, kind of fine-tune some of the stuff, um, you know, that you're making mistakes on. Anderson's back from injury there at quarterback. How's he been doing so far? You know, again, Max is a freshman. Um, so, you know, in regards to what I'm seeing from him, um, you know, here on Martinsburg Field against a good Martinsburg team, um, you know, I, I'm really impressed with his poise um, and his decision-making. You know, obviously there's some things, uh, you know, ball could have been uh, let go a little earlier a couple times, um, but but I'm very happy with Max's performance thus far. All right, thank you, Coach. Good luck. And, you know, what he said right there, which I made a point to talk about during the game right after that, when you're facing a team like Martinsburg and your freshman quarterback was able to do some things good, that says a lot about your freshman quarterback and what you guys have going forward. Yeah, I think overall, you know, Spring Mills had a, had a solid performance, especially in that first half. They're a young team. They knew that heading into the year. They dealt with some injuries. Um, you know, a team that, again, and we're looking at teams in the EPAC, they could maybe get one of those last few spots in the playoffs. I'm sure we'll talk about this later. But, you know, them musclemen are going to definitely come down to the wire to see who gets that last spot or maybe both of those spots if, if some other things shape out the way they could. But, you know, even Hedgesville had a great performance this week. Even yeah, I mean, I was just short. about to go go down all the scores here in a minute. All right, go ahead. Uh, so we'll start with the uh, two wins in the EPAC on a Friday night. Musselman came out on top over Wheeling Park 25-17 to to improve to three and four on the year, Washington came out on top of Preston fourteen to thirteen to improve to three and four, and Jefferson obviously off, and Hedgesville falls to number five Princeton twenty one to sixteen. But that was a great effort for a team that came in in Hedgesville law not having a lot of players, as we talked with when we talked with head coach uh, Matt Faircloth last week. Yeah, you look back at Princeton's schedule too heading in. And maybe they're not as good as that number five ranking has them. And either way, it's a good effort from Hedgesville against the top five team in the States. I don't want to take that away from them with their injuries and everything like that. But maybe if Hedgesville's at full strength, they can knock off Princeton. Uh, I wouldn't have been too surprised because you look back at Princeton's schedule and it wasn't the toughest heading in. So, you know, Hedgesville's still a team that has a chance if they can get some wins, but obviously it's going to be tough. Yeah, unfortunately, since it's still a loss, even though it was by six points to the number five team in the state, that you get no points for it yeah. in the power rankings because of the fact that it was a loss. So Hedgesville most likely now will probably, unfortunately, miss the playoffs, which was uh, sad to hear because a couple weeks ago we were thinking when they were sitting there at, what, three, three and three, three, I think, yeah. before? No, they three and two. Three and two? I think. Hold on. Where well, whatever it was, it was before Musselman in the two-game losing streak. Now no, we was thinking three, that yeah. they could possibly be a uh, playoff team, which obviously is a huge. I mean, either way, step forward if you after can't last season, if you can't win another game, three wins from zero wins is still an improvement. Yes. So this season, they saw improvement, and that's all that you can want as a team that was winless for the past, or nearly winless for the past two years, I believe. I think you're correct. I know last year they were. I don't know. Yeah, I think they had won one game the year prior. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But let's talk about some, uh, probably the most shocking game in the state in AAA. Nick knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, Riverside 
Riverside, South Charleston. Upset South Charleston, 22-14. to 14. South Charleston, already ranked number eight, will probably drop out of the top ten. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is the biggest shocker I've seen since, you know, I've moved to the Mountain State. Yeah, one and five coming in versus a five and one, and you lose 22 to 14. I wonder if South Charleston missing any players again, because I know a couple weeks ago we talked to Luke Creasy when they were playing, I forget who they were playing, maybe Spring Valley? Yeah, maybe. They had know. lost a couple players. But either way, I mean, Riverside is it's traditionally not very good. They haven't been very good this year, and – I just did not see that coming. Now, Colin and I got an upset right. We called the Morgantown win uh, on Friday, but um, this was a huge upset. I mean, nobody saw this coming. Riverside against the team like South Charleston with the Pretty best sure we talked about it on the show and on I literally Friday, said, and we like, said, South oh, Charleston's going to win. win. Easily, because I saw that team last year, and they weren't good, and they got smacked by Huntington, I think, already this season. So... You know, great win for that program, but a, a shocking loss for South Charleston. And now a team I think we can kind of eliminate having any chance come playoff time. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, number one hunting, or I guess technically tied for number. I don't know. We'll have to figure that out when it, it comes out came tomorrow out afternoon. Right. Uh, but, you know, tied with number one with Martinsburg for number one Huntington. They get the 56-7 steamroll win over St. Albans, a team like Riverside. Two and six on the season now. Um, University gets a 63-6 60, win over Buchanan Upshur. Uh, Cabell Midland gets the 35-7 victory over George Washington. I think this pushes George Washington out of the top ten as well. Um, they're ranked at number nine right now, so I think that puts them at the kind of the back end of the playoffs this year. It really just depends on what else happened and yeah. how the points all work out and everything like that. And then Martinsburg's opponent next week, Spring Valley, currently sitting at number nine, got the forty-nine to thirteen big huge win over Capital. Capital not doing too well this season, one and six now. Uh, Greenbrier East forty-two to seven victory over Ripley, and then the Morgantown one twenty-one to fourteen victory over number 13 parkersburg south so morgantown fighting for a spot in the playoffs and that was really all that this week saw in triple a action any uh thoughts from you know triple a action going into tomorrow you think you think martinsburg becomes outright number one possibly i think muslin's got a chance at that 16th spot or at least moving you know very close to it and now they'll be what three and four so who'd you say huntington beat Sorry for interrupting. Uh, they beat St. Albans. St. Albans. What was their record? Two and six. Two and six. So, I think that should put Martinsburg it in. It should because Spring Mills. First place soul wise because they have, Spring Mills has more wins, so that should be more bonus points, right? Yeah, and Spring Mills and got both the. Uh, didn't Matt say something that Spring Mills win over Washington doesn't give them any points or something? Probably. I, uh, I can't remember what it was. Spring Mills did get the win over Frankfurt, which gives them points. And then they got. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. So I, we'll see. Come tomorrow should, afternoon though, at two p.m. ish before we talk to the coaches. Um, but that'll do it for this first segment of the show. Sponsored in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you don't like it, they'll take it back. Go to Hagerstown Ford. Com. We come back, we'll talk some college football action. Big win for Shepard on Saturday. That's next on the Sports Mix. History. 
This is Eric from Hagerstown Ford. I want to thank you for your continued support of helping Hagerstown Ford's efforts to be number one in the region. As we get closer to this extremely aggressive goal, I want to recap why Hagerstown Ford should be your only consideration when buying your next vehicle. Number one, we have the best prices from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C., from Hershey, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland. I assure you, price will not be the reason you don't buy from Hagerstown Ford. Number two, we have a real return policy that's better than Walmart. Seriously, if you don't like it, return it. We'll give you three days to make sure you love your new ride. And finally, we'll bring your new car, truck, or SUV to you, just like Amazon does. Never step foot in a dealership again. Stop the silly back-and-forth negotiations that make everyone crazy. It's dumb, and it's a total waste of time. Besides, we hate it worse than you do. Simply log on to HagerstownFord.com and let us make your next buying process fun, easy, and risk-free. What do you got to lose? Visit HagerstownFord.com and let us cater to you. See dealer for details. Safety doesn't come from owning a gun, it's knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off I-81 Exit 5 Inwood offers four levels of defensive handgun training. Get started with Basic Handgun 1, a one-day course focused on six fundamentals of shooting, basic safety, and gun handling. Then sign up for Basic, Intermediate, and Advanced Defensive Handgun courses. Valley Guns 2 has a 197-acre complex in Hampshire County with a 2,400-square-foot indoor facility and various ranges. Find out more at valleyguns2.com or phone 304-229-4411. W. Harley Miller Systems understands the need and desire for reliable and affordable smart home solutions. Secure your home with a security system and keep a close eye on your family. Automate your home with a Control 4 system and have smart technology work as one. Set daily schedules to control your thermostats. Push a button and set the mood for dinner by dimming lights and playing music. Or just sit back and enjoy a movie in your own home theater. Put decades of experience to work for you. Visit us at whmsystems.com or call 304-350-1931. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV 10. Welcome back to this Tuesday, October 18th month. Tuesday, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Monday, October 18th edition of the Sports Mix. Uh, Tuesday will be a eventful day on the Sports Mix. We'll have somebody big on on the show at 12:30. Uh, we'll tease that a little bit more before the show ends, and uh, we'll talk about it tomorrow. I don't want to give it away yet. It's a big guest. Nick, you know who the guest is. I do. Yeah. You think it's a big guest? I'd say relatively. Yeah, uh, well, let's talk a little um, college football. Shepard with the uh, different win. Ground ground game really pulled it out for them this week in, in, a, in a rainy Millersville. Yeah, it was kind of a, you know ugly win for the Rams. It wasn't the normal pretty win like they had at Lockhaven where they have over 600 yards of offense and all that, but were able to win in a different style of play with the ground game and – you know, I look back on that game, and you know, Bajan throws three interceptions. Uh, they have a blocked punt, and then result in a touchdown for Millersville. But besides that, I mean, defensively, Shepard was locked down, and you're able to overcome essentially four turnovers there and still get a win, which I think shows how much better Shepard is compared to a lot of the PSAC schools, especially you know Millersville, who's a program that's trying to get back to where they once was. Or once were uh but 
you know, I think that shows kind of the talent that this team has that they're able to, even with the weather and even with how bad they were playing offensively at times, still put up 38 points, still pretty much only give up a touchdown late because the other touchdown came on special teams. I mean, that's an impressive, uh, you know, performance by the Rams. I think overall, despite it being kind of a bad performance against a team that's not on your level yet but kind of taking in all those factors and still able to get the win and and find a way to, you know, pull away in that game, I think shows a lot about, I guess, Shepard's ability to adapt throughout a ball game. Yeah. And to go off that with the uh, defenses, Nick just said, basically had a entire shutout for the game up until that final hair Mary at the end that ultimately doesn't count anyway, because it's still win for Shepard. It only adds six more points to the score. So it was very impressive for them. And as Nick just said, offensively, and you said as well, Spencer, the running game was big. The run defense for Shepard was probably even large. I don't remember in total how many uh, rushing yard Millersville had, but I remember at halftime, I think it was negative seven. I don't remember what their total was, but the defense for Shepard came out and just was absolutely physical and had the blitz well, were able just to swarm the ball every single time and obviously only kept uh, Millersville from having 13 total points. So, 36 rushing yards. Yeah, that, that's net impressive. 36 for a net down rushing game. yards. Uh, where's the passing? 128 net passing yards as well. Yeah, and I mean, it was an ugly game for Millersville. Like, it was a bad game for Shepard and pretty ugly for them, but. Millersville offensively just did not look good at all and obviously that helped the Rams out a lot because their offense was struggling yeah and I think one thing you got to point to though is the ability for the run game to get going because there's a chance that it couldn't get going and you know Ronnie Brown led the way 21 carries 185 yards and one touchdown just that they were able to get that going says a lot because Bajan didn't have the best of days 13 of 28 with three picks 191 yards total only average 6.8 the receivers were non-factor yeah. in the game. I mean, I mean really. Gonteric didn't do much. Beach, we didn't really call his name much. And Greg Leonard, I don't even think, had a catch. So Ronnie Brown got it done both ways. I think he would have, what is that, 185 plus 70 is what? I don't do math off the top of my head. 215. Uh, what was it? Sorry. 260, no, 255. Yeah. So he had 255 total yards, two catches for 70 yards. Mm-hmm. And then Josh... Pulse, Pulse, yes, Pulse had one catch for 44 yards, and then nobody else. Michael McCook two catches, 26 yards. Everybody else was under 20 yards. Yeah. So and Ryan Beach like one that, catch for three yards. You can't like that's just not a Ryan Beach stat line. Yeah. And he's usually the guy that gets the offense going. When he was kind of slowed down against Shippensburg, the offense didn't do much. So the running game is coming along for the Rams. It started with the Lockhaven game, now this week against Millersville, and then uh, this next game coming up against Westchester should be a pretty good contest here at home. So, uh, you know, that that should be interesting. It definitely should be interesting. And hopefully a game like that builds your confidence with the run game as well because a lot of people typically view Shepard 
being a pass-first team. Obviously, yeah. with the weapons that they have, why not? And with, but you know, with after Tyson a game like you just had where it's pouring down rain, you have to rely on the run game. They ran the ball 57 times. So does that maybe make you more of a balanced team going towards the season and keeps people honest so you can get more of those explosive plays to help benefit your offense in the long run? Yeah, I definitely would agree with that. And uh, let's move on to other college football. Around the Mountain State, WVU with the bye. They are back at it this week, um, which will return tomorrow with the WVU press conference show from 1 to 2, and then Thursday night at from 6 to 8 with the coaches show. And then on Saturday, that game is at 7.30 with the pregame at, I think, 4. That makes sense to me. Who are they playing? TCU. TCU. Yeah, they'll be playing TCU. But the other team in the Mountain State, Marshall, Two wins in a row now, 49-21 to 21 win over North Texas. And everybody was – there were a bunch of people picking North Texas before the game. Yeah, I don't know. I, North Texas isn't very good. I thought they might be a little bit better than that, but they obviously didn't play well. And for Marshall now, it's it's kind of which Marshall are you going to get? Are you going to get the one we saw in the last three few losses or are you going to get the one that played well against Navy and played well against North Texas? So Yeah. From here on out, Marshall's got a relatively tough schedule got for bye week USA this week. teams. Yeah, um, so I don't, I don't know how they'll finish the season. I think there's potential with this team, but it's not going to be an easy road. No, because you know, two of the last is Charlotte doing good this year? Charlotte is doing solid this year. Obviously, they beat Duke. So three, um, the final three games: UAB, Charlotte, and Western Kentucky, and FAU's in there as well. FAU in three weeks FIU in two weeks because they got to buy this week right FIU should be a win then FAU could kind of go either way and really Western even though they're one and four they have a very high powered or now two and four they have a very high powered offense so you know Conference USA wise it, it will get interesting for the herd from here on out it will get interesting and let's move on to another it's a former coach in Conference USA only for a couple years uh, but the scary scene down in Tennessee as Ole Miss went to Tennessee, scary scene late in that game as everybody was just throwing a bunch of stuff on the field. Somebody threw a mustard bottle on the field. I don't know how you even get that into a football game. Probably. I just guess found you it just at the concession stand or the no, it was a bottle. Usually yeah. at the concession stand, they don't have a bottle. It's probably from somebody's tailgate. They just stuck it in their pocket or something. Maybe that too. But yeah, it was definitely boneheaded there at uh, Neyland Stadium in Knoxville and. Definitely something that, as you said, is a little scary to see. They had to evacuate cheerleaders. You saw Lane Kiffin. They moved the teams onto the field, and they stopped for like 20 minutes. Um, But, you know, I didn't realize that part of the reason they did this is because Lane Kiffin was the Tennessee coach for a hot second, and then he jumped ship to the NFL. Yep. Yeah. So they are still mad about that, apparently. Get over it. Ole Miss still got the win. And uh, apparently Lane Kiffin gave his visor, because you know Lane Kiffin, famous for visors, to a fan uh, chanting F.U. to him in his return at the end of the game. So he got a laugh out of it, at least. And he got hit with a golf ball, but not really hit. I guess it just kind of like hit his hand. No, it scraped his elbow. Scraped his elbow, and then he picked it up, and he was talking to the refs like, Gee, they threw this golf ball at me. Like, we got to stop this game. Yeah, golf who just has a golf ball? I mean, catch uh, or maybe a maybe a golf Tennessee ball. golf player. <laughs> Don't want to speculate. Wild but stuff. It yeah. was some wild stuff, and uh, not really hugely a wild weekend in the NCAA, though. I mean, Iowa lost. 
I guess Iowa did lose, but besides that, at it's home, not. and they're number two in the nation. Yeah, but I mean, not a lot. Like Iowa won twenty four to seven, but you I'm saying like there wasn't a lot of stuff going on that was you know like when Alabama you know lost and they they got the easy win over Mississippi State this week forty nine to nine, but uh, you know you got to look at a team like Cincinnati. They're moving up. They're number three in the nation in the AP top twenty five. Now number two. They're now number two as of yesterday, and I wonder what that's going to look like in the college football playoff rankings. Do they get uh, do they get the love that they're getting in the AP top twenty five? I don't know. I don't know either. That's that what's coming out in the playoff has never given a non power five team. I don't think a ranking Any in the respect, top four. So, so. Uh, isn't that going to be like two weeks now? Isn't it after week eight? I it's like remember. week nine or week ten, I think. But yeah. So should be coming. I mean, soon. I think they should. Cincinnati's a good program. And LSU gets the forty nine to forty two win over ranked Florida at number twenty. Uh, then yesterday, shocking news: Coach O and LSU have uh, agreed to a separation policy that will uh, send him out of Louisiana after this year. Crazy. Maybe he just won a national championship a couple of years ago. I mean, I'm, that's true. But they're four and three on the year, two and two in the SEC. They, you know, Joe Burrow they left, struggled and everybody last year left as well. I, I yeah. don't know. Maybe he'll go to USC. Yeah, I mean, who knows? But I just think that's interesting news. I was under the impression that it had to do with something off the field, maybe. Potentially. Because, it, I mean, they just won, too. They just beat Florida, yeah. and then they yeah. get rid of them. I mean, who knows? But they're not going to get rid of them immediately. That's the weird thing. Like, if you thought if yeah, it's right, an yeah. issue, you'd think it'd be immediate. Yeah. Not, eh, we're going to just, well, you know, let the you go into the five, year. six weeks. Yeah. Maybe. We're going to let you coach game. knowing that you're getting fired anyway. Well, it gives them time to maybe set something else up. They get gets everybody else in the country to know that he's yeah, but gone after. Are, are you going to if you're at Coach Odron, Are you really going to want to go out and be a like I guess good coach for that for that program after knowing they're going to fire you anyway? Who knows? Looks better on your resume. I guess. It does. Yeah, it does. Go All Trojans. Right. All right, well, we have reached Good our Raiders. second break a little later. Good go to the Raiders. Literally, little later than usual. This segment sponsored in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store anymore. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, family-owned and operated at 360 Hack Wilson Way in Martinsburg. Go to Orsini's.com. When we come back, we'll talk NFL football, a little uh, Washington, Steelers and Ravens. That's next on the Sports Mix. Back to you. By now, you should have somehow realized what you gotta do. Hi, I'm Annette McDonald, and I am the designer at Orsini's in Martinsburg, West Virginia. We welcome you into our store to show you a complete line of what we do here. We design your cabinetry, quartz countertops, granite countertops, hardware, anything for the full remodel of your kitchen and your home needs. We also do bathrooms, and we have flooring available, too. We make sure that your project with Orsini's is the best in the market. Welcome to Orsini's. Orsini's.com. 
Safety doesn't come from owning a gun, it's knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off I-81 Exit 5 Inwood offers four levels of defensive handgun training. Get started with Basic Handgun 1, a one-day course focused on six fundamentals of shooting, basic safety, and gun handling. Then sign up for Basic, Intermediate, and Advanced Defensive Handgun courses. Valley Guns 2 has a 197-acre complex in Hampshire County with a 2,400-square-foot indoor facility and various ranges. Find out more at valleyguns2.com or phone 304-229-4411. Hi, Crescia Hornby here. Larry DeMarco, broker of Modern Realty Results, believes he has some of the best real estate agents in the eastern panhandle. Agents at Modern Realty Results have years of experience and knowledge of the local real estate market. Agents within the office work as a team to provide quality customer service. We strive to always ensure client satisfaction through handling every transaction with honesty and integrity, all while offering competitive rates. Modern Realty Results is veteran-owned and managed. Please call us at 262-4222, modernrealtyresults.com. Now, back to the sports mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this Monday edition of the Sports Mix. A, uh, if you're a Washington fan, a misery Monday edition of the Sports Mix, which uh, we weren't expecting much uh, coming into this game against you know one of the best offenses in in the NFL. Not doing too well this year, but still one of the best offenses over the last few years. Yeah, wa- Washington did their old you know antics. They made us believe for a little bit being up at halftime i just think it's it's just crazy the how the season is gone because in july and august beginning of september we were talking about a team that was going to win the division possibly I'm happy i, I mean, changed my mind nobody's <laughs> said the cowboys would win the obviously division. nobody's won back-to-back division titles in the nfc east for how long almost two decades now it feels like i feel like yeah but you thought with the defense that on paper seemed to be top five maybe even top three it's now just struggling especially the secondary the defensive line is inconsistent with getting the pass rush going and the chiefs a top tier team even though the defense is poor for them they still got patrick mahomes tyreek hill travis kelsey travis kelsey playing on like i mean travis kelsey and tyreek hill playing on like i don't even know broken whatever they had so did, did you really expect them to win not really but the second half struggle just was what was frustrating ultimately yeah and uh you know yesterday obviously big day for washington emotional day in washington finally retire officially retiring the jersey of sean taylor and here's part of the ceremony please join us as we celebrate the life and legacy of washington ring of fame member two-time pro bowler and beloved alumni sean taylor and commemorate his lasting impact and influence on our team sean taylor an all-american safety from the university of miami was our first draft pick of 2004 and quickly became a franchise fan favorite 
known for his hard-hitting tackles. Sean played four seasons with us before his tragic passing in 2007 at the age of 24. We continue to remember Sean's impact and honor his legacy by officially dedicating the road leading to FedEx Field as Sean Taylor Road in his honor. And by retiring his number, number 21. And obviously the ceremony kind of, you know, the whole, the, the you know, all the drama surrounding the ceremony. I think it was it was a good ceremony. The only thing I would have liked, which they did at Miami when they retired 26, have somebody speak. Somebody say something. His daughter. I mean, his daughter is doing so much right now. And maybe even, uh, what's his, I can't remember his younger brother's name, who I plays for Rice. Off the top of my head. Gabe Taylor. Gabe he Taylor. He like I knew. He played for Rice. I didn't know if he knew. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Um, but I just think it, it was a really good day for them because they felt welcome. But there were definitely so they pushed it all together during the halftime to do the retire or to do the alumni recognition, and it just looked like there was nobody there alumni wise. How was the crowd? <laughs> still crowd bad. still bad. It's still Washington. Bad. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good. But, I mean, overall, I think that it was good that they finally retired his jersey officially. There was a picture, though, that I think is funny. And uh, it's, uh, I guess it's before the game. They were doing the, uh, bef- I guess they all got a picture, the Snyders and the Taylors and the uh, Jackie's family. They got a picture with Dan Snyder and Tanya Snyder. Dan Snyder in a sweatshirt. It's just Dan, though. That's what he wears. I know a lot of people are like complaining about it, but I, I hate him too. But th- that's just the type of person he is. He wears a team sweater or hoodie. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but and khakis. That's it. Disappointing way to the second half to go out to score. Held scoreless in the second half and uh, not looking good at two and four on the season. One and three at home usually get an advantage at home, but not doing too well at home. And, and they're about to too. jump into the gauntlet of their schedule. Packers. Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Who else? Packers Bay, are one uh, of them. Denver. Denver. Uh, let's see. Tampa Bay. Panthers. Panthers. Tampa Bay. Seattle. But by the time, that's the end of November. So by the time that rolls around, you might have Wilson back. Then the Raiders. And then it jumps to the NFC East gauntlet to end the season. Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles, Giants. So. Yeah. Doesn't get any easier for the Washington. Hopefully, they can team. at least get to nine and eight. Maybe get lucky with a wild card spot, but not looking likely. Hopefully, and let's transition to another team in the area with a big win yesterday. Thirty-four to six win for the Ravens over the uh, the Moguls Chargers. Not too good outing from Herbert yesterday. Yeah, I mean the Ravens defense hasn't been there all year. Then they were for the most part. I mean they were decent against Detroit, but Detroit is obviously winless and. Um, yeah, they were really good yesterday, and I think they kind of got back to what they do best, which is get some pressure on the quarterback, send some blitzes, make it difficult for teams to adjust, and then their secondary played really well, getting Deshaun Elliott back. Uh, he's been injured the past couple of weeks, so they were able to have him at free safety, kind of limit Jimmy Smith's staffs there and play him more at his more natural position at corner, and 
I think that really helped them out. Obviously, Marcus Peters went down before the season, so Anthony Everett has had to step up, and he's done decent besides last week where he struggled a little bit against the Colts but did well this week. So the defense was back. They got the running game going again. Um, Lamar did pretty well. He did throw two interceptions, but one was – uh, off a drop pass and the other was you know bad read so those happened but um yeah i mean i wasn't expecting a blowout win but the ravens did get that win and it was pretty impressive steelers got the overtime victory on a game-winning field goal from boswell 23 to 20 over the seahawks seahawks with geno smith at quarterback due to uh, russell wilson being hurt and out as well as carson out at running back for Seattle. Other big games that happened yesterday. Cardinals remain undefeated. 6-0 get the big 37-14 win over the Browns. Browns fall to 3-3 three and three on the year. Everybody thought they were going to be big contenders so far. They're 500. And they're still the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Don't <laughs> the- worry about them. Vikings came back, got a win against the Panthers in overtime, 34-28 on a walk-off touchdown. Rams with the 38-11 victory over the Giants to improve to 5-1 on the season. Uh, the Bengals got an easy win, 34-11 over the Lions to improve to 4-2 on the season. And Lions 0-6 for the first time since... They were in 2008. They were in 16. Jaguars get their first. That bad this year, but they might. They might not win a game. Who knows? Packers get the 24-14 win over the Bears. Bears went up seven nothing, and then uh, the Packers came back and scored and put up the rest of the points except for a final touchdown in the fourth quarter for the Bears. The Jaguars. Aaron Rodgers said. He yeah. still owns them. He does still own them. Jaguars got the their first win of the year in uh, in London. Seems like that's game the game-winning field. field goal right game in the final field second. Right as the final seconds roll off, and then uh, Cowboys got the win over the Patriots to improve to five and one, lead the NFC East. Raiders, after a tumultuous week, get the win thirty-four to twenty-four over the Raiders. And uh, tonight on Monday Night Football, which you can hear right here on Talk Radio WRNR from Westwood One's coverage, the Bills at the Titans. That should be a good one tonight, guys. It could be. The Titans have been kind of disappointing so far, but heading into the season, we thought Tennessee might be one of the better teams in the league with their offense. I need a big game from Julio Jones tonight, so uh, you know I'm rooting for a shootout. I got the Bills kicker as well. It's not looking great for me fantasy wise, but um, in terms of the game, you know I could definitely see it being a Buffalo beatdown once again if Tennessee hasn't really got. It's stuffed together yet, which due to injuries, you know, they haven't had Julio. They haven't had A.J. Brown. They really haven't got that chemistry on offense. So that will be the key tonight, I think, is how good Tennessee's offense is able to progress due to the injuries that have kind of slowed them down. And you can't forget King, Derrick Henry, in that one for the Tennessee offense. Obviously, he needs to get going and have a big night so that I can set up the passing game for them. And if that doesn't happen, you're not going to stand a chance against Buffalo because everybody knows that offense, probably the best in the league. Buffalo seems like arguably the best team in the AFC right now as well. Exactly. and uh, Maybe the Ravens. We've reached the end of the third segment on the show. This segment is sponsored in part by Parsons Ford. Cap Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one. First, go to ParsonsFord.com. We come back. We'll uh, talk a little playoff baseball, but we'll also uh, got a little bit of time. We got something in the mail today uh, from Martinsburg Athletics. 
basketball schedule has been announced for boys basketball, and then uh, we'll, we'll do that as well coming up next on the Sports Mix. With four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states, Parsons is the largest used car and fastest-growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords, financing from 0%, Parsons' goal of financing for all, and Parsons' famous above-market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars, too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. WB Medicine is pleased to introduce five new providers who've joined our medical staffs at Berkeley Medical Center, Jefferson Medical Center, and University Healthcare Physicians. Dr. Leslie Golden, Orthopedics. Dr. Alexander Bitzer, Orthopedics. Dr. Courtney McQuillan, Obstetrics and Gynecology. Nurse Practitioner Carolyn Gable, Nephrology. And Darwin Castillo, Emergency Medicine. WB Medicine, growing to meet the needs of our community. Located right off 81 at 214 Mid-Atlantic Parkway, Mountaineer Grill and Pub offers many daily specials, including happy hour 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. with $2 domestic bottles and $2.50 domestic drafts. Monday night is trivia night, Thursday night is wing night, and Wednesday and Sunday night is steak night. Let's go! King some beers! Mountaineer Grill and Pub! You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV10. Shipping up to Boston. Uh, before we get into that, the segment sponsored in part by the Marriott Group and Ameriprise Financial Advisors, John Everson, Phil McCoy. Call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Shipping up to Boston tonight. The only game on in the MLB playoffs tonight as the Astros and Red Sox move to Boston for game three with the series tied at one to one. Pretty interesting series going on there against, you know, the Astros, one of the, I say best over the last few years. I don't, I put that in, in air quotes. I mean, they have been to the past yeah. five ALCSs, but what when really you get counts? caught cheating, what really counts? You're cheaters. I mean, yeah. All right. Well, it'll, it's, it seems like a good series up there, and the Braves take a 2 0 series lead over the Dodgers. Um, that's just kind of shocking to me. They'll be in uh, L.A. tomorrow. It's playoff baseball, man. Anything can happen, especially when you're on the road. Uh, Atlanta's obviously a pretty tough environment, so now that it's back in L.A., maybe 
the Dodgers will be able to tie it back up. Maybe. Uh, I was about to say, both wins were walk-offs, I believe. For going Atlanta, for so. tomorrow for the Dodgers is Walker Bueller and Charlie Morton for the Braves. As an NL East guy, I really don't want the Braves to make it to the World Series and have a chance to win it. Ground chuck, though, pitching. It's pretty good for Game 3 for Atlanta. Yeah, and then uh, the game tonight in uh, at Fenway has uh, Jose Urquidy. Urquidy? I think that's how you say his name against Eduardo Rodriguez for the Red Sox. Uh, that's good. This is a good series so far for that, you know, in the ALCS. Has been, yeah. Yeah, I mean, both teams are power teams typically. Uh, always see that in the uh, AL East, no matter what team it is. It's typically a home run heavy team that comes out of there. And the Astros do the same, whether it's cheating or not. They still got the guys that can be clutch and make those uh, big hits when needed, even though the rally was short in the last one. I believe they're in the ninth inning when they were down 9-3. to three. I think the final was 9-5 to because they had two solo home runs in the ninth inning. Yeah, they did, and uh, it'll be a big week of baseball because uh, I believe Game 6 is on Saturday, Friday for uh, the ALCS, and uh Game 6 for the NLCS on Saturday. Possible Game 7 on Saturday for the ALCS. And Sunday would wrap it up with Game 7 if it gets that far. So before this week is up, before we head back here next Monday for the you know, new week of the sports mixes, we'll know who's going to the uh, World Series. That starts next Tuesday, the 26th. I'm all for it. Oh, that's crazy. Everything's going by. It's weird not having the Nats in the postseason because it kind of, you just start, stop really caring for a little bit. Like We're the beginning. Used to it. Yeah. Being you guys are. Fans. All right. Well, let's transition. Talk about some high school Nats basketball. should be really used to it, too. I mean, besides yeah. a few good years there. I mean, they've been relevant since 2012. A couple of years they missed the playoffs, but they've still made the playoffs. Yeah. Still been paying attention in October. Usually you get bounced in the first round. All right. Well, we have about uh, two minutes left. Uh, in the mail today, we got the uh, Martinsburg Varsity Boys basketball schedule from head coach Dave Rogers. It starts, they start the season December 14th against Mercersburg Academy at home. 21st to 22nd of December, they go to the Seahawk Classic in Hilton Head, South Carolina. 29th and 30th, they have the Skip Fowler Memorial Tournament that is at Martinsburg. And then they get ready to get going in EPAC play. Uh, January 7th against Hedgesville, play Broadfording Christian Academy on January 8th, and then Washington Musselman, Broadfording Academy again. They play a home-and-home with them, then Spring Mills. Then on January 22nd, they play at at Morgantown. Jefferson the 25th of January, Washington the 1st of February, Musselman the 4th, Mercersburg Academy the return game with the home-and-home February 8th, Spring Mills the 11th at home, Preston County at home the 12th, Jefferson away the 15th, Hedgesville away the 18th, and Wheeling Park at home the 25th to round out their varsity schedule before, uh, what's the, what do they call it? Sectional tournament, I believe is what they call it. Um, And we'll get to the girls' schedule tomorrow. We have that, but I just don't want to, you know, only got about uh, 30 seconds left before the outro run, so don't want to have to run through that one. But... Pretty big, good schedule coming out for Martinsburg. We'll be following them this year, hopefully at every game. I'm not too certain about the uh, the, the tournament in Hilton Head, but we're going to try. 
Oh, yeah. Obviously going to fight for it because who doesn't want to go to Hilton Head? Who doesn't want to go to Hilton Head? Nick, do you want to go to Hilton Head? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. You sounded earlier like, oh, I'm okay if I don't go. Long drive. It's going to be probably cold. It is a long drive. We've reached the end of today's know. edition of the Sports Mix. Any final thoughts? Five seconds each? Yeah. Good go show. Heard. Go herd. Yeah. Bye week, though. Why not? All right. Well, for Colin McLaughlin, for Nick Verzlini, I'm Spencer Dupuis saying so long, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.